I ride in a western saddle, do a little sorting and a few trail trials. Other than not wanting to see any animal die, what do the deaths on a thoroughbred racetrack have to do with me? Like personally, I just tend to find that, you know, horse sports are a little bit kind of very often segregated from each other. There's people who are very into their particular sport and they're not as familiar with another one and they kind of pile on a little bit with the non-horsey public and say like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think that you should do that particular thing with horses, but my particular thing with horses is okay. And I think that what we should really be doing is trying to understand each other better because there's really good people in all of our sports, just like there are bad apples in all of our sports. Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship, your weekly conversation about horses. I'm John Hare. A few weeks ago, I shared on our Facebook page a link about a horse trainer getting banned from the racetrack at Santa Anita. I didn't think the racing industry was handling it very well, and I said so. Why haven't they discovered why 30 horses have died this year? It was simple. Well, I got quite a few responses from you. Some suggested it might be a drug. Some thought the horses are started too young. Another thought it had to do with the surface of the racetrack. But the unifying theme was everyone was outraged. Well, I went looking for some answers, and I found an expert in the racing industry, a journalist, Natalie Voss. I am the features editor at the Pollock Report, which is a horse racing news magazine. Well, thanks for joining me, Natalie. What I'd been reading, as with many people, about the horse racing deaths at Santa Anita Racetrack, and they numbered 30 this year, and people are kind of up in arms about the number of deaths, and I wondered if you could offer any insight into uh, why that's happening. Well, I I think that... One thing we do know about fatal injuries in racing is that it's never just sort of one cause that determines whether a horse will have a fatal injury on a particular day. There's often several different factors that just unfortunately come together at one time. And I think that the explanation for this spike in fatalities is pretty similar. I don't think there's any one single reason that this has gotten so much worse in the course of this past racing season. I think it's probably going to turn out to be several things coming together at the same time. Unfortunately, we don't know what all of those factors are yet. Officials at the racetrack and with the California Horse Racing Board are still sort of trying to analyze the data they've got and try to get a handle on what might have caused this. There's a couple of things we know, but there's probably a lot we still don't know. In looking at the things that I've been reading about it, I've found some information about, and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this right, bisphosphonates, which have something to do with uh, the bone structure structure in horses. Uh, do you think there's any relationship to the deaths and, and the use of that drug? It's hard to say. Um, the experts I've talked to about this question initially seemed to think that that probably wasn't the case because back in March or so, seem to be specific to Santa Anita. We've since seen a few other racetracks have some unusual fatality numbers that does make you wonder if there's something a little bit broader going on. Unfortunately, we don't have a good way to test for off-label bisphosphonate use right now. So we don't 
really know how widely it could have been used in younger horses, which is not what it's labeled for. It's labeled for use against navicular and sort of nonspecific hoof pain in older horses. But there's a concern that people might have been using it on younger horses trying to correct some sort of x-ray abnormalities ahead of yearling and two-year-old sales. But people who have done that are probably not going to admit to it. And the testing has not caught up yet for us to know how widespread that might be or to take a sample from a given horse and say, yes, he's had it at some point in his life, unless it was very, very recent. Now, the New York Times published an article June 26th about Santa Anita in particular. And because the horse track changed owners that they were uh, encouraging trainers to perhaps uh, race horses before they were ready because they needed, uh, for want of a better word, they needed the inventory. What is the state of the horse racing industry in the United States? And is that is that a problem? Are there enough horse race, horses out there to be able to race as much as people would like them to? That is sort of a national problem that we're dealing with right now. The The sport has contracted in the last several years. The number of racetracks has gotten smaller. The number of horses being bred has gotten smaller. Unfortunately, that balance hasn't really sort of kept, well, hasn't kept in balance. We're seeing or we're hearing occasionally reports from trainers at lots of different racetracks where the track expects a certain number of races, is has budgeted for a certain number of races to happen in order for them to make the handle that they need to keep going. And they don't have the number of horses to draw from that they used to. So there are definitely places where track management is calling trainers and saying, you really need to enter your horse because if you don't, we can't fill this race. I think ultimately things will probably continue to contract a little bit as far as the number of horses, the number of racetracks, the number of races. And I'm hoping that we'll find a balance where that pressure won't be as extreme on horsemen and on horses and we can race horses in a little bit more of an appropriate and safe way. You know, there have been other sports that have gone through a similar thing. Baseball had it with steroids and football is still dealing with the concussion issue. Many people have been calling for thoroughbred racing to wait until horses get older before they start a race, that that would help their bodies mature more. Is the horse racing industry even looking at this as a possibility? There really hasn't been a serious push from racing insiders to limit or reduce the number of two-year-old races. And the reason for that is that if you talk to orthopedic surgeons about this issue, what they say is that horses' skeletons strengthen and remodel based on the type of stress placed on them. So if you were to not train a horse and not race a horse until it was a bit older, and then you suddenly expected it to race at, you know, four or five, then it's, body would not have likely had the time to catch up to that stress. It would not have, the skeleton would not be strong enough at that point to deal with the stress of racing and of high speed training. And then you'd run into a problem on that end. So what they say is that it is appropriate to train two year olds, maybe not have them in breeze shows so much. Um, there mm-hmm. are breeze shows that we have before two year old sales where the horses go extremely unusually fast. There are a lot of people who don't think that's a great idea. But as far as just breaking them out, starting to ride them, starting to race them sort of in the later two-year-old year, the expert opinion seems to be that's appropriate as long as you don't overdo it, that that's actually helpful as long as it's done in balance. 
I've got one other question. I'm not sure exactly how to to phrase this, but before we talked this morning, I was going through some uh, newspaper reports about thoroughbred horsing, horse racing deaths, and there was an interesting statistic that said that while 30 horses died in both training and racing in Santa Anita this year, that's not the highest number. As a matter of fact, that's almost half the number that died in 2016. And there were the numbers going down. So horse racing seems to have more of a public relations problem. And what are they doing to try and solve this? Is, <laughs> and is, is, that, is that true? Question. I'm not sure if that, that's, you know, I mean, that's I'm, absolutely but, true. Is it? Okay. Yeah. You know, on a, on a national scale until this year, we have something called the equine injury database where, which is a national tracker of racing related fatalities. It does not yet include workout data, but on a national level, our fatality numbers have been going down over the, I think it's eight or nine years or so that they've been recording the data. A lot of things have gotten safer. A lot of things have gotten better. And we did not do a good job as an industry of communicating that, I believe, before we got to this point with Santa Anita. Now that Santa Anita has happened, it sounds a little hollow to talk about, well, but we were doing so well because (laughs) it doesn't look like we're doing very well now. So public relations is something that I think horse racing has struggled with for a number of years, independent of this issue. It doesn't help that there's no centralized national commission that could issue some sort of press release or statement or have an educational sort of um, campaign system the way that they do in other countries where there is one national authority governing all of racing for that country. And unfortunately, a lot of people in racing would like to see a national office happen for a lot of reasons, including the public relations issue. But at the moment, there just doesn't seem to be a mechanism that anyone's aware of to make that actually happen. Right. So they would almost need like a commissioner of baseball or a commissioner of football type of organization. Yes, ideally they would. And and at the moment, uh, racing is governed by the state government, by individual state governments. And unless there's some national legislation that can take that power away and create a new authority, I don't really know how else we could make that happen. There is a, a bill that I don't remember if it's been introduced in Congress yet or if it's going to be introduced this year, but that would focus on creating a national authority for drug testing and regulation, not for all aspects of racing regulation, but for the performance integrity standards sort of end of things. And that might not hurt, but, you know, we've been trying to get that bill through for several people in the industry have been trying to get that bill through for several years now without much success. And then otherwise, it's just left up to the tracks and the track owners. Uh, Santa Anita banned a horse trainer. And and is that going to have any effect? I mean, was that fair to ban him for without actually stating a reason just because he was unlucky enough to have, I think, four horses that, that died on their track? Well, it's hard to say whether... That alone was the reason, because they haven't issued any kind of explanation to the public. I don't know if they've issued much of an explanation to him or not. There, I've seen national media reports pointing out that he does have a number of therapeutic drug violations in his history. I've seen people sort of raise concerns about his history of 
vet scratches or, or vets list horses, meaning horses who were examined prior to being entered to run who did not pass a veterinary exam and were put on a list to be monitored as a result of that. I'm not sure if it was a combination of these things that led to that decision or if it was simply he had four out of 30 fatalities and they decided this doesn't look good anymore. Right. It's hard to tell until they communicate a little bit better. And I'm not sure when and whether they might do that. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you giving me your opinions on this. It's kind of tough to get really good answers out there in a very confusing situation. I do think that there are a lot of people that are outside of the horse racing industry that are going to get up in arms by the publicity that is going on and that horse racing could really suffer from that. Uh, I, uh, I, I told you in my email that I don't know a lot about thoroughbred racing and I, you know, I can't say that I've, obvi- I've even gone to a thoroughbred race, but it is a sport and it's a sport of horses. And I, I do think that if it's done right, then the horses, they're bred for that type of thing and it should be allowed to go on. But I am, I'm kind of worried that the industry is not not taking a, a good look at their PR mechanism and, and dealing with the things in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you on that. I, I very firmly believe that racing can be a very positive thing for horses and for people if it's done the right way. I think that we don't always do things the right way, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do think that, you know, it's, it should be something that other horse sports are watching because I think that all of us in equestrian sport, no matter what sport you're in, we all know that there are, you know, some problems within our particular sport or some bad actors in our particular sport. And I think the racing is the one that everybody's looking at right now. But I think that most of them, if they were subject to the kind of national scrutiny that we are, could end up in a similar situation where people who aren't familiar with it would be very upset and up in arms and have kind of the wrong impression of what the sport is really meant to be like. And I think that so often I see other horse people criticize, well, that's just a racing problem. I think that we all have some series of problems like this, whether it's fatalities or drug use or, you know, perceived welfare issues or what have you, everybody's got something. And I think we just need to be aware of, we need to clean those things up before people on the outside start taking a look and misunderstanding. Everyone who loves horses is involved in this issue. We need to understand and help the horse racing industry find a way to minimize death. Sometimes I believe people are too quick to condemn horse owners with the, they're just in it for the money slam. But I believe they love their horses too. And the fact that big money is involved means that they have an investment to protect. Will they be able to eliminate every death? Obviously not. Sports involving speed are inherently dangerous, but that shouldn't keep us from looking for answers. In 1919, the Chicago White Sox players fixed games in the sport of baseball, leading to stronger oversight by the National Baseball Commission. The game became more popular after the public was reassured it was being fair to everyone. Wouldn't it be great if there were a National Horse Racing Commission that could provide standards and improve the sport. Special thanks to Natalie Voss, Features Editor for the Pollock Report, for providing her insight. Natalie has been covering horse racing for years and is a horse owner and competitor too. 
I'll have the links to her websites as well as links to a few of the news articles I use researching this show. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And every episode is at wopodcast.com. I would like to hear about your horse. Do you have a story to tell? What was the hardest thing you had to learn about horsemanship? Was it through experience? Share your story with us. Either record it yourself, telling the story, or contact me and we'll set up a time and I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll record and edit and put it all together. My email is john at woepodcast.com. Check out the Woe Podcast on Facebook. Share a few photos of you having fun with your horse. I love seeing that. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram too. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. That's how we grow. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.